Welcome back to the Wellness for Women podcast. Um, we have a few things happening, uh, some changes, some new offerings that I'm excited to share with you. Um, the first is that Wellness for Women SA or Wellness for Women South Africa is changing to Wellness for Women. We are expanding to uh, international audience and um, yeah, I thought I would just mention that yeah, if you see the little name change. Then I want to share with you something that we've created that we are so excited about um, and it's called the Holistic Wellness Professionals Membership. We launched it in June and it is for uh, female entrepreneurs in the holistic wellness space based in South Africa. Um, and we it's basically a community of like-minded women coming together to support each other, to share skills and tips and advice, help each other grow, not just in business, but also in different areas of just being a woman, running a business, growing in confidence, um, helping each other through self-doubt, imposter syndrome, also all the tech stuff and the social media and the marketing, all the how-tos. We do master classes with experts and we hold each other accountable in trying to reach those goals and grow our business. So if you would like more information about our membership, what we offer, what we're all about, just reach out, send a message, send a DM, send an email. I'll, say, I'll add all the links in the show notes and I'll send you more information. This um, group is really inspiring and really motivating because other people are doing it as well. And there's a lot of encouragement and a lot of support. Um, and I think that is what's made the difference for me is I feel, I know that you guys are there to support me and not judge me. I think that was the biggest mind shift for me. Um, and I, I, this morning I was like, I actually don't care what anybody else says. I've got people who are there to support me and that's what's important. So really tapping into, as Brené Brown calls it, your square squad. So those people that will support you, call you out on your BS, that are there to love and you know, love and support you unconditionally. So really has to do with the incredible group you have created. But thank you. I'm so glad I did it. And here's two more. So that was Candace King. Um, we actually did a podcast episode with her. It's episode four on emotional intelligence. And uh, that is what she specializes in emotional intelligence. And she's also an Enneagram practitioner. And um, she, yeah, she joined our membership um, right from the beginning when we launched in June. And this, if you're wondering what she's talking about, this was after her first live that she did, um, which she was really scared to do up until that point. Um, but yeah, with the support and encouragement of everyone, she jumped in and now she's doing them quite often because she found that she actually enjoys it. Um, 
and yeah some of the other other practitioners in the group did their first lives as well and they're doing some shared lives and they're doing stories and they're just showing up all over the place <laughs> which is brilliant it's all about support and encouragement and that's what our membership is about on top of everything else so yeah if you want more information let us know with that on to today's episode with Mayuri or aka Holistic Maymay. She's also part of our membership and she is a health coach that focuses on breaking the sugar addiction and anxiety cycle. Beautiful episode. I hope you enjoy it. Please share it with anyone you feel will benefit from it. Please send us your feedback, a rate and review, all those lovely things. We appreciate you so much. Enjoy today's episode. Leave your shoes at the door. And uh, Mei Mei, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm very, very excited to have you on. And I'm going to jump straight in and ask you to just introduce yourself um, to everyone here. And um, yeah, tell us the what, the why, the how. Um, yeah. Sure. Um, thank you, Christophe, for having me here. I'm uh, honored to be the, a guest in this group and to be part of this group. I joined um, Wellness for Women before I actually, you know, sort of joined you as a in the practitioner's membership. Um, and you know, thank you for everything that you're doing and sharing. I, I really appreciate it. And there's a lot of value there. So, um, hey, everybody, I am um, Holistic Maymay, um, but um, my name is Mayuri, and uh, I am a integrative nutrition health coach. I go as a holistic health coach because that is what integrative nutrition is, where we look at everything that encompasses your life. So um, if I have to chat a little bit about how I got here, it's been quite a road. Um, it it, it kind of just started from me researching on my own because my dad had fallen quite ill um, and we didn't really know what was wrong with him. And when I say fallen ill, not in your typical go to the hospital kind of ill. He was just not himself. Um, he, he, he started getting angry a lot, frustrated a lot. He would get lost. And my dad was like the guy that had the GPS built inside of him. He, you never had to, you know, <laughs> you never had, he had a map book and that was only for when he was like traveling out of the city, but the map book was in his head and he would get lost like after 10 minutes of driving and we didn't know what was going on with him. And we took him from doctor to doctor and nobody could tell us. And eventually through my own research, I realized that my dad had dementia. He had Alzheimer's and nobody was telling us that. Um, and I think because of his age, he was still pretty, like in his early 60s, um, it was unheard of, you know, like normally you got dementia 
70, 80. I mean, it's not unheard of, but it's unusual. And especially for somebody who reads as much as him and ran and, and he, he exercised, he could, he could outrun me on the beach. He could go to the gym as a 62, 63 year old and do those, uh, it's not like a triathlon, but they used to do it at the gym where they like do a whole lot of push-ups and then run in the treadmill and then do the bicycle. And then they got to do like, I don't know, running up and down in the gym with these heavy things. And he would like, beat 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds in the gym at the age of 60. So you cannot imagine how a man like him got so sick um, and, and had this, and he read, he, he read every single night. He, he was just an amazing human being and maybe I'm biased because he's my dad. But um, that took me on the path to say, we grew up with a vegetarian diet. We exercised, we got sunshine, we got fresh air, we meditated, we, we did, he did yoga, he could do the headstand when he was, I think we did one of those art of living courses and he did the headstand and I was like, how is my dad doing this? And I can't even like touch my toes, you know? <laughs> and it just, I realized that I needed to, to understand what was going on. How did this happen to somebody like this? And how am I gonna prevent this happening to me? Um, and I did a lot of research. I started changing my diet. I started changing the things that I was doing, you know, started training my brain. And it started actually stressing me out more than anything else. Instead of bringing calm that I was, you know, going down a safe route, it actually started stressing me out. Um, and that started bringing on more and more anxiety. I struggled with anxiety since the age of 16. But going down this path of, you know, trying to change my diet, trying to remove all the, the toxic foods and, you know, all of those things from my my diet and my life got me even more anxious and actually landed me in a little bit of a depression. Um, my dad was officially diagnosed with dementia by then. And um, in 2016, he suffered with a stroke. Um, he had a bleed in the brain and he was placed in a coma for about four weeks. We didn't know whether he was going to come out, whether he was going to be okay or anything like that. Um, fast forward to a couple of years later, I decided I needed to change my whole career. I needed to, I needed to, to shift something. We needed to know what was going on. How is it that we're living these healthy lives and still landing up at the age of 65, age of 66 in the hospital bed, unable to take care of ourselves? And so that's when I went back to school and I studied integrative nutrition and uh, found myself as a health coach. Um, I didn't even see this becoming the path. I just wanted to know more about nutrition. But I think having had to look after my dad, having had to look at my life and what I was doing a little bit deeper and clearer, um, and also just, you know, trying to get my mom back on a, on a, on a healthy path. My, my passion for this just grew, and I realized that this is what I was supposed to be doing all along. Um, my focus then became sugar because that is where I believe a lot of um, the toxins are coming into our bodies. Uh, there are so many artificial sugars on the shelves that we have no clue are sugar. Um, the more I started researching this, the more mind blown I was, if that's correct English. But um, you know, the more my mind was blown that those words are just ways to dupe us into getting sugar into our bodies. Um, and and so over the last year and a half, I've kind of just been focusing on just helping individuals break away, break away from the convenience food that is out there to actually keep us in the cycle of needing more sugar and, and getting more anxious and getting more stressed um, and, and teaching them how to 
choose better products that are out there. There are there are amazing products out there that that do have natural sugars in them that are not there to keep you addicted. Um, and it's been an amazing journey, and I absolutely love what I do. Um, it, it solidifies it for me as well, keeping me on that path, um, and just seeing the growth in people. Just um, it, it brings so much joy and fulfillment to my life. Um, but but yeah, that's kind of me. I hope I didn't go too much into that, but that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> Not at all. And I think um, everyone that I actually meet, all the wellness practitioners, um, most of them have walked a path of lived experience somehow to end up where they are. So that's why it's always, and everyone have their own struggles and their own reasons for getting where they are. But I think when you have that personal reason, um, it's so much stronger um, of wanting to share what you know and wanting to to it's just that that passion like you said grows um so I want to ask you what what does wellness mean to you I ask um, everyone that I interview um, and I have my own um, kind of definition but I th it's different for everyone so um, tell us what does wellness mean to you um, <laughs> I hate this question, but I love that everybody asks it because it is an important one just to bring the awareness of that what wellness is to so many different people and that it isn't, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it isn't to me, and it isn't wheatgrass shots and salads and running 10 kilometers every weekend. Um, to me, that's not wellness. Uh, that creates a lot of stress. <laughs> um, to me, wellness is love. It's, it's, it's love for ourselves. It's love for the world that we currently live in despite the chaos, um, despite the fear and anxieties that we're surrounded by. And um, if we can just step into the fact that wellness is just love, health is just love, I think we're going to get to health and wellness for ourselves so much quicker. That is a beautiful, beautiful answer. And I think when you say that, it just comes up with love. Like, first of all, love for yourself, learning to love yourself and looking after yourself. And from there, it's a ripple effect. Because if you yeah. do that, you are going to affect everyone. If you, especially if you're the one, um, you know, um, in charge of the cooking or the food and you make that change, it is going to have that ripple effect to everyone in your home. And if you have kids as well, you're going to get to teach them all these principles. So starting just starting with that with yourself, because I think it can get overwhelmed as well. Like for me, I really want you to, to get that start in life of a healthy diet. And um, so when he doesn't want to eat healthy, I get all frustrated, but I forget that it has to start with me, right? Yeah. I have that's what I need to focus on first and not get so stressed out about everyone else but I just need to, to stick to my own you know totally totally um, and I said this yesterday as well to somebody um when a client comes to me and I ask them why are you doing this um and they say to me for my kids I just want them to be healthy I want them to be happy and I'm like well then I'm sorry I can't help you this program's wow. not for you Wow. because that is not the reason to do it you need to do it for yourself yeah. your kids are going to do what they see you doing yeah I know that I grew up in a uh, not my specific home but the extended family Indian families can be like this do as you're told not as you see 
<laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. it's such a terrible way to lead. Um, I understand that that's how we were brought up. And I think not just in the Indian community, I think, you know, <laughs> countrywide, worldwide, a lot of our, you know, the previous generations, because that's what they were told, you know, yeah. the be the, seen, the, not heard, the, you know, do as you're told kind of thing. We need to break away from that. I mean, it's 2021. Uh, yeah. Have some compassion for yourself and have some compassion for your children. And they're going to do what they see. Um, and if you're not going to take that step to, to really, truly step up for yourself and love yourself and choose better for yourself and make the decisions to choose better for yourself, it's going to be extremely difficult for your kids to do the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. And um, yeah, it, it, if it just if you can just focus on that first because i think as well when you when you try to fix it for everyone else it's also a distraction away from yourself oh right? totally yeah totally so then i don't need to then i don't need to focus so much on my own because i'm fixing it for everyone else and then everything's okay but yeah just yeah. started with yourself and then you go sit in your car and you eat the sandwich or the burger <laughs> right that that used to be me that used to be totally oh, me yeah. i would yeah. do all the work for my mom and all the work for my dad and you know make sure there was healthy food for everybody and then dive to the shops to go do the shopping <laughs> and then either sit at the coffee shop next to the shop or in my car and have my honey what what's that um Willie's honey nut latte and um a, a croissant or a sandwich filled with just you know sliced cheese and terribleness but that that was my emotional eating issues and yes. that was how I was coping I was making everybody else feel good and everyone else be healthy just like you said just yeah. very good um distraction <laughs> absolutely and um I think a lot of people as well don't really understand and that's uh, that's why you did so such extensive research into it but a lot of people don't understand or believe I think that's another thing that I don't believe that the sugar addiction is a thing. It's not real. It, it, yeah. that you can't get addicted to it. Um, <laughs> but it, 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 you can. So we're going to go into, I actually want to ask you that question first. Sugar addiction. How does it affect our bodies? How does, how does that happen? Like what is the, the um, how, how do we get addicted to sugar? Okay, so it tastes really good. So that's the first thing. Um, um, but the, the, the simpleness of it, I guess, the basicness of it is that it tells something in our brain that this is good. And it tells our brain, this makes me feel good. And so when the brain sees it again, it's like, hey, I need that to make me feel good. Okay, so that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. Sugar actually releases opioids and dopamine into our bodies. Um, just to explain a little bit, uh, dopamine is a neurotransmitter um, that is a key part in our reward system, our reward circuit in our body. And that is very clearly associated to that addictive behavior. Okay. Um, it actually, sugar actually, it, and if, you've, if you haven't watched this movie, it's called Fed Up. Please get your hands on it. If I'm correct, it is on Netflix. And um, you can get the gist of it on YouTube, actually. So it's Fed Up movie. The, I think it's called Fed Up the movie. Um, and you can uh, find it on YouTube or Netflix. Um, and there's a, I think they actually show the experiment or they talk about it, where they get, they put rats in a cage. And they pop 
water in one of those little things and they pop sugar water in the other one. And after a week, the rats only go for the sugar water. They stop drinking the water. That's how addictive it is. Um, Mark Hyman, who is my favorite doctor, I know you shared one of the things that I shared. He explains that sugar is just as addictive as cocaine. It actually targets the exact same neurotransmitter, a point in the brain that cocaine does. Um, that's a pretty scary fact. It is. Um, you know, I've worked with a couple of people who um, have been socially addicted to um, cocaine. And I say it like that because they're not um, sitting in the trenches, you know, doing cocaine. They're in the corporate industry and they're mm -hmm. functioning and they need the extra energy to, to keep working the hours that they're expected to work and then go home and deal with home mm -hmm. um and so they, they find themselves looking to stuff like cocaine um sugar is the more acceptable socially yeah. acceptable it does the same thing that cocaine does to your brain it gives you that drive it gives you that energy when it comes to four o'clock i know you want that cup of coffee and that that muffin um from mug and bean or the muffin from the cafeteria downstairs mm -hmm. now you're at home so maybe you're buying those easy make um add two eggs and a cup of oil and no, you please. mix it all together pop it in the oven 30 minutes later the whole family has a batch of beautiful chocolate muffins right yep. that is just freaking sugar okay <laughs> that is giving you the the boost and yes it gives you the energy it gives you the the motivation to to get through the rest of the day four o'clock is a hard time for everybody um and then you know that you're finishing work in an hour or two and then it's dinner it's bath time it's bedtime and i know bedtime can be a mission and a struggle yeah. um and so that stress along with the the dopamine that the sugar is actually releasing into our body combined is keeping us in that that behavioral pattern so as much as there is the physical addiction that's you know telling our brain we need this it's also the stress of how am i going to get through the rest of the day that maybe is not being managed correctly that keeps us in that behavioral pattern oh. I hope i answer the question okay <laughs> no no absolutely um and i also want to ask you when it comes to to conditions like depression and anxiety um, how does how does sugar uh, play into that? How does it affect it? And um, yeah, if you can just explain that a little bit. I know you're all about the, breaking the anxiety and sugar cycle. Um, yeah. So if you can just maybe explain to us a little bit about how how why is there such a strong connection between anxiety and sugar? So when I first came on this path, I didn't even make the, the connection. And I, I work with a lot of people that don't make that connection, that depression and anxiety is very much exacerbated. Um, the symptoms are very much exacerbated by our sugar intake. Um, it's not only sugar. So I know that a lot of people will be like, that's not the only thing that's keeping me depressed. Sure, I, I fully understand that I was there, um, but it is going to help reduce your, your anxiety levels, it is going to help reduce your state of depression if you start moving away from the sugar. The reason it keeps us there, uh, the reason I, I say there is the cycle of sugar and anxiety is because um, what the sugar is doing to our brain is causing, once that wears off, it causes our anxiety levels to rise. 
okay? Because you're basically just um, treating your anxiety. Um, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling anxious, so you turn to the sugar. Um, caffeine is the other one that I always, you know, talk about as well, because caffeine and sugar have um, a similar hold on us from an addictive side, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still very much loving my caffeine, but it is, it is, it is, it is managed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if my anxiety is high, I'm not going to have a cup of coffee because that is going to make my heart race more. It's going to keep me in that anxious state. It's going to make me more anxious what that caffeine you physically feel that immediately Mm -hmm. Uh, um, a lot of you i know will be able to to relate to that sugar may you may not feel it immediately but the more and more sugar that you eat the more and more anxious you're going to feel so there isn't um there's not a lot of scientific uh sort of background but there is a lot more research being done out there to show that sugar does have a negative impact on your state of depression and on your anxiety levels. And it is, it's because of the, the confusion of hormones that are going through your body, the amounts of you know, dopamine that are being produced in your body, the you know, rising of your cortisol levels that the stress is obviously inducing and the sugar is keeping it there. Mm-hmm. It, it, it may block it, it may sort of hide it for a while, but it's not taking it away. Mm. it's soothing it and then once that sugar passes through your body or that energy goes down that state of depression that was here is now here Mm. and 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 that's why i want to to i mean that's why my focus is breaking that cycle of sugar and you know to anxiety because we're using it as a coping mechanism we're using it to self-medicate ourselves rather than finding um either the root cause of the anxiety or the root cause of needing the sugar. And usually they're related. Thank you. And I think a lot of people as well say, and I think that's when you're in that denial state, and a lot of people say, but yeah, but how, how if I quit sugar, then how is that going to relieve my anxiety? It's not going to take my anxiety or depression away. Like you said earlier, no, it might not. But like a lot of other things, um, it's going to aid in a healthier life and it's going to to really get you onto the path of being healthier um like a lot of people will as well as same with meditation like how is meditation going to that's not going to make me healthier it will because it on top of other things and practices it's going to get you onto a healthier lifestyle and make it uh, long term and get you onto that track of getting out of the cycle like you were talking about um so I, th- I think a lot of people look at things like a cure or you know it's it's this one thing that i need to do or not do and then that means i'm healthy or um so i think if if, if people can look at it as something that aids into in um, you know, like for instance, with if you talk about self-care or mindfulness or meditation, there's a lot of different practices. Like for instance, if you as well, if you talk about journaling or all of that, not that I'm saying it, it's not at all. I think the sugar and anxiety addiction, that's a big chunk of, of it. But um trying to convince people that are in that denial mode, like how would how would you um 
I suppose they're trying to sabotage themselves. Like they're wanting to be healthy, but no, I'm not going to quit the sugar. Like how, how would you convince them? (laughs) I'm not in the business of convincing people. Um, That is a very long road to go down. Um, It's a scary place to be, Crystal, when you know you're in that cycle. You know that sugar is... Is, is keeping you exactly where you are. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, yeah, it's helping me. It's helping me get through my day. Mm-hmm. But is anything going to change going forward? Mm-hmm. Am I going to either lose the weight that's making me slower? Am I going to uh, bring more energy to my life by continuing on this path? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be setting a, a healthy, positive example for my children by staying on this path? Mm-hmm. And when we're in that space and we're asking these questions, it's freaking scary to say, I need to make a change um, and that I need to start moving towards making healthier choices. And so that's why I say, I'm not in the business of, of trying to convince people. I'm just about showing you the reality, showing you the reality of um, your future and the expectations that you need to have if this is the lifestyle that you want to stay in. So Mm, carry on. Maybe if you're not ready to move past it just yet, there's other things that you can do. Mm-hmm. And you know, like we said in the beginning, I'm a, I'm a holistic. I have a holistic approach. Mm-hmm. So if you're not ready to give up the sugar just yet, or move, start making better choices towards the types of sugar that you bring into your body. Start making different choices around the other things that you're doing. And, and that's why last week I came here to, you know, tell you about the sleep challenge, um, which is something that I offer for free every few months in my, in my Facebook group. Um, because sleep is the first thing that needs to be healed. The reason we turn to sugar first thing in the morning or four o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon is because we're freaking exhausted. We're tired. Our bodies cannot cope with the amount of work, the amount of care that we need to be doing during the day, the activities that we have to, we've committed to. Our bodies can't cope because we're, you know, feeding it toxins, we're feeding it negative energy, we're feeding it uh, overwhelm and anxiety. And so maybe you're not ready and that's okay. I'm not going to try and force you into something because if we're not, and, and you know this, if you're not ready to do something, you're not ready to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to do it and be like, this is, this is stupid. I can't do this. And you're going to just, you've paid money and then it's going to just be a waste. Yeah. And that's yeah. not what I'm about. If you're going to work with me or you want to start making healthy choices, I want it to, to serve you. I want you to come out on the other end saying, yay me, look yeah. what I was able to achieve and look what I was able to change in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, not this is, too hard and 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 when we start addressing things like our sleep by just doing something simple like a five minute meditation every evening before we get into bed that's going to slowly allow us to get into a deeper and deeper sleep it's not going to happen in a day or five days mm-hmm. but the more you do it the deeper your sleep is going to get the, the the one of the other challenges was something like acupressure and tapping um, you know, and, and just doing things like that to help calm and quieten the mind so that you do get a deeper sleep so that you are able to fall asleep quicker. If you're like Cristal or me and you have a toddler in the house and you're waking up several times in the night to see to them because they're teething or they're growing pains or whatever it is, you don't want to jump back into bed and then be wide awake and now you're awake from two o'clock in the morning. How are you going to function for your whole day? Yes, you're going to turn to sugar and caffeine and, and all of those things. 
to help you through. Um, but if you have practices like a five minute meditation, um, uh, some acupressure to help quieten your mind down so that you can then easily fall asleep again, that's going to help your body to start um, resting better, to start uh, healing quicker so that you don't wake up exhausted, groggy, fatigued, um, and then need two sugars in your cup of coffee at seven o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, that used to be me. <laughs> I would have two sugars in my cup of coffee at six o'clock in the morning at probably 6.30 if I know myself, and then again at eight and probably again at 10. So it is very doable to go from that to only having one or two coffees a day and only having natural sugars. I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I only have natural sugars. I still have, uh, you know, some not natural sugars um, every now and then. If it's my birthday, I'm going to eat cake, you yeah. know, but it's, it's about all the things that you're doing in your life to actually, you know, yeah, take um, that. Uh, um, I kind of, for me, it was, falling into that cycle after I had Jude and waking up so many times in the night um given bottle feed him straight after I got him back asleep before I go back to bed I would get sugar into my body and that's where I fell into that trap because in trying to to with that sleep deprivation and in trying to you know, look after this this being that you've got and you are stressed out but now I also understand that because I did have a lot of anxiety after I had you for the first year and now it kind of makes sense to me that you know all the sugar I was eating did not help that anxiety it did not help at all and I fell into that trap but I also love what you were saying about um if you aren't ready there are other things you can do it's not about okay sugar is bad sugar causes anxiety so you need to quit or else you know kind of a thing of there are things you can start doing and that's how i started where um the first thing i did when when i realized that i need to do something is that i prioritized my sleep when when i got due to sleep I didn't go and scroll Facebook. I got off social media. I didn't scroll. I, didn't, I went and I slept. If I had to, I would nap. I prioritized my sleep over everything else. The dishes could wait the, because that is the foundation of everything else. Your mental health, your physical health, your how you're going to function, your productivity, your your mood, which I mean, shame for everyone around you if you're not sleeping well and you are moody, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. and then, yeah. And then I started with meditation, and you know, I, those practices build up supplementing yeah. so that you can support your body. But slowly over time, and that's what I want to mention is I know that in the work you do, it's not you don't do quick sugar cold turkey, right? Yeah. You do it in not a slow, steady way. Um, because I want to mention that because a lot of people are going to listen to this and think, oh. So that means tomorrow, from tomorrow until, you know, forever, I can't have sugar ever well, again. Forever and, in your mind, two weeks later, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I like your steady approach. I'm all about baby steps and doing things yeah. slowly um, and not putting all that pressure on yourself and on having to do it now. Because that just, that like you said, it causes a lot more stress. Yeah, and yeah. in the end, that that defeats the the purpose of trying to be healthier and and um, 
So I want to ask you to elaborate a bit on inflammation and disease and how do we take preventative measures uh, when it comes to that? Okay, so it's, it's always a difficult topic to get into because people don't, um, people fear the preventative, uh, mm. the preventative talk and it's my favorite thing to talk about because you can, you can prevent yourself from, from, you know, landing up in hospital at the age of 62 yeah. and um, you want to build a strong body. Okay, inflammation is going to prevent that. Um, so inflammation is part of our body's natural process of, of healing. Um, when we fall off our bikes as kids or as adults <laughs> um, and we, we hit the, the, the pole of the, I don't know what you call that part of the bicycle, hits our knee or our ankle, almost in an hour or two, that knee or that ankle is, is completely red and swollen, right? It may not be broken, but it's now swollen and you maybe feel like you shouldn't be putting pressure on it. That's your body's natural process of saying, hey, something going on here. Let's just provide some support. And it creates inflammation around that damaged area so that all the white blood cells can come there and do its job, right? What happens if we, are, we go back on our bike and we fall again in the exact same way and we hit the exact same spot. It's gonna swell some more, right? But now you maybe won't be able to walk. Mm. Previously with just the four, first four, you could probably take a couple of steps or two. You didn't really need a crutch. It was just, you know, swollen and a bit ana, right? Then you do it a third time. You can barely even cycle. So you, you're gonna fall maybe a minute into trying to even cycle and you hit the same spot again you're going to rupture something, okay? Now your whole leg is swollen. That's kind of what sugar does to your body in a much slower way. You're eating sugar. <laughs> you're, you're eating sugar. You're eating all these toxins. They are, so, so even our natural sugar causes um, a slight inflammation in our bodies, okay? But this is normal. Even the artificial sugar, it's normal for it to cause some kind of inflammation. Where the problem lies in is getting on that bike, falling, getting on that bike, falling, doing the same thing over and over again, eating that same muffin, that, that same, for me, it was a tub of haagen ice cream over and over again um, and over consuming the sugar. And, you know, I mentioned in the beginning, this, this we're being duped into eating sugar in everything without knowing it. So you're eating sugar in your cereal, you're eating sugar in your bread, you're eating sugar in that health bar that you think you're eating. Um, the, the honey almond uh, nut chia seed granola bar um, that is full of glucose syrup. That's sugar. Um, maltodextrin, all these things that are artificial sugars or alcohol sugars um, are causing more and more inflammation in our body. And it's so small that we don't notice it for the first 20 years. Then we become a little bit, oh, I'm getting old. My knees kind of hurt when I do a 3K run or a 5K run. Oh, it's just age. Nope. The body's taking strain because there's too much inflammation in the body. By the time you realize that you've got all of this inflammation, you're starting to think you have an autoimmune disease because you're going to the doctor and they can't find a reason. 
This has happened to so many people, including myself. Yeah. When I was, I think I was 27 or 28 years old, the doctors had me thinking I had lupus or I had some kind of autoimmune disease because they couldn't find what was causing the swelling. They couldn't find what was causing the pain. Once I started addressing my sleep, addressing my stress, addressing my sugar intake, I no longer have swollen hands. Mm, wow. I'm no longer going to the doctor trying to find out what's wrong with my body. Yes, I still have issues here and there, but those inflammation pains are no longer there. Yeah. So very important to understand that, yes, you may not be feeling it now, but that preventative attitude is going to serve you 100% in the future. And you don't know when that future is going to come. You don't know where, if it's going to be when you're 65 or when it's, if it's going to be when you're 35. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's just very important to start bringing in that consciousness of, is there inflammation in my body and how do I address it? That is a lot to take in. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 I did ask. I did have to open that can of words. No, it's important to ask these questions because like you say, people don't realize um, in the long term what's happening. So it is important to educate people and to give them the information. Um, how do we go about making these sustainable changes um, to get, uh, because I know you say as well a lot of time, it's not about willpower, right? So how, because that's what people think. They say, they, oh, okay, I have to you know, stop sugar, and but I don't have enough willpower. I'm not strong enough, blah, blah, blah. How do we go about making sustainable uh, choices to um, get off the, that on and off, on and off, on and off cycle, which is also not good. That yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. How do we? How do we get past that? You do my six-week program? No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you, everyone. We're done. <laughs> Yeah, do a six week program, boom, you can. Right, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it, 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 is, it is tough. And I think that there needs to be an acknowledgement that it is tough. Yeah. Um, it's a tough road to say, I want to make this my lifestyle. I want to make this my sustainable um, choice, you know, um, a sustainable choice for myself. And I think my, 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 my biggest, best piece of advice is just one small change at a time. Slow and steady wins the race. That is my mantra. I, I default, everybody defaults, but when we have the attitude of slow and steady wins the race, mistakes are okay because this is, it's a journey. And, you know, this is, you know, something that my coach says to me, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, And yeah. when we can shift that attitude to say, we're not going to do a 30-day cleanse <laughs> and expect to be healed. Yeah. Um, we yeah. want this to be something that is our, our health journey, our sustainable lifestyle for ourselves and then in turn our families. 
um, bringing mm -hmm. our children into this world with um, that kind of attitude in the home environment is only going to set them up for that sustainable lifestyle for themselves. Yeah, they'll go through their own journeys of, you know, you know, experimenting and, and maybe eating a little bit too, too much sugar for a period of their life. But at the crux of it, they know that that is the sustainable choice. So slow and steady choices, um, being patient with yourself, being kind to yourself about the, the faults, about the mistakes. Um, and, and I think that's probably the best, the best way to, to go ahead. Yeah. And not try and be perfect about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think when you start off, there's no such thing as you're going to start off, go cold turkey and then be perfect for the rest of your life, not eat sugar ever again. So if you do and then beating yourself up, it's, it comes with, like you said, the whole self-compassion thing, um, yeah. because it's going to happen. So if you do slow and steady, um, it's going to be more sustainable and yeah. Yeah, getting to, to more natural sugars than the artificial ones. So. Thank you so much for all the information. And I asked you to do maybe some, give some practical tips or do an exercise if you want to leave us with that um, cool. today. So <laughs> my practical tip is something that I am on repeat with uh, in my Facebook group and with my clients, and that is to drink water. I know that it sounds extremely simple um, and obvious, but are you drinking water? Are you drinking enough water for your body? You know, people say you got to drink eight glasses of water, but is that enough for your body? Some people need 12 glasses of water. Oh. The new research out there by the World Health Organization is that a female needs 11.5 glasses of water and a male oh. needs, I think, 14 glasses of water per day oh. because of the toxic load in our air, mm. our environment, the toxic load in our homes, the amount of sugar that we are consuming and the amount of stress and lack of sleep that we're experiencing. We need more water. Our water also is um, not as pure as it used to be. There's a lot more chemicals in our water. There's a lot more, um, you know, things that are not aiding our body to, to flush out, to, to help eliminate the toxins that are in our bodies. So drinking water is, is probably the best start to creating a sustainable pathway of this health journey of yours. Um, and the next time you're having a craving, um, for me, it's always Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Always needed my my Belgian chocolate Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Um, and before you, if you have that craving, I want you to acknowledge it. This is what I'm craving right now. I'm not saying that I can't have it, but I'm going to drink a glass of water first. Not a sip of water, not a gulp of water, a full 250 ml glass of water. If you can do 500, that's even better, but a full 250 ml glass of water. If you can't stomach it, it makes you feel nauseous. I know a lot of people just cannot like, they don't like the taste of water. Put something in the water. Um, slice a lemon, squeeze a lemon. Um, lime is amazing. Slice a cucumber, put that in your water. Make a jug. Yeah, a cucumber make it. Blah, blah, blah. Cucumber makes it so refreshing. Um, put some basil leaves, some mint leaves, blueberries. Blueberries are so young. They, they make the water sweeter. Um, strawberries, anything, put it in your water. If you're an essential oil, please, pure essential oils only. But pop a, a drop of lemon or, uh, you know, some, some of a citrusy kind of um, oil into your water and drink that. Have that water. If you still want the craving, go and have it. But keep doing that. I guarantee you, in a couple of months, you will not be giving into that craving. Mm. 
That is a that's an amazing practical tip because it's such an easy thing to do, such an easy thing to do. Yeah, and yeah. it also makes you pause. It makes you stop yeah. before you have. Yeah, it makes you stop and think, and then actually make a choice instead of being on autopilot. Yeah. So yeah, that is that is a great tip. Thank you so much. I want to thank Pleasure. you for joining us today and for just what you do and um yeah just all the information and i mean if you like a lot of the practitioners that we know get to a point of really just changing their careers because they're so passionate about sharing this information and getting it out to people because it's so important thank you for being one of those people because we need it <laughs> we need it's this a information. yeah yeah. Um, so thank, thank you for having me of course yeah. of course yeah. Uh, yeah. excited yeah. to see uh, what this does and how um, the other practitioners come and what they have to share and how it impacts everybody in this group I'm excited to to see that sort of ripple effect and yeah yeah we're definitely going to we're going to try to do lives often I'm not going to commit to every week but we're going to we are going to try to do it often and do more lives and bring a lot more information and resources and all of that in there so thank you for being a part of it and kind of being the first one and doing a Facebook live with me and um yeah. it's an honor <laughs> so if sure. any of you want to I did tag um uh, Memo's Facebook group in the post that I did yesterday. Oh, I think cool. yesterday. So if any of you want to join her Facebook group, uh, please do because she does. She goes live every week, uh, if not more often, um, and she shares so much information and resources. So there's actually no excuse about having not having enough information. There, there's a lot of free resources out there so really go and empower yourself with it and um, go join her group and see what it's all about if you if you do want to know more about breaking the cycle and you also talk about a lot of other things not just about the you talk about the journaling and visualization the meditation and sleep and all of that so I really encourage everyone to go and join the group and um, enjoy your resources. Thank you, May May. Thanks, Crystal. We'll chat soon. Bye. Bye. Undress me of my doubts. All the links for today's episode can be found in the show notes as well as where you can find us online. We would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, connect, and we will see you next time. I'm so much more than that. Leave your shoes at the door. down these walls pull back the curtain let the light pour in and leave your shoes at the door let's play outside in the sun Hey
dirty feet and grass in our hair Take these thoughts that weigh me down the door.